All right, we are live. I have a very, very special guest today. Um, he's the inventor of VoIP, which is the voiceover internet protocol. He has over 35 patents issued. He's raised more than $1 billion, exited over $3 billion. He is now the founder and CEO of Celsius. My guest is none other than, none other than Alex Mashinsky. Alex, thanks so much for joining us. Sure, thanks for having me. Awesome. So to get started, Alex, um, for the audience and for them to get some background as well, you have an extremely impressive entrepreneurial background. I'm just curious, could you give us a little bit about you know, what you did before Celsius and then what attracted you to the crypto space and why you started Celsius? Sure. Uh, so Celsius is uh, my eighth uh, startup. I did seven other companies before, mostly in tech, uh, communications, uh, infrastructure, internet-related uh, companies. Mm -hmm. uh, many of them are disruptors in their space. So I disrupted several industries. Uh, and like you said, Voice of IP obviously disrupted the phone companies. And then uh, I did Uber before Uber with a company called Groundlink. Mm. Uh, I always joke that we are we made fourteen billion dollars more than Uber because uh, obviously they they subsidized their way to success. Right. <laughs> but um, uh, but basically, my what I do is really look at uh, fresh ways of doing things and trailblaze uh, uh, new business models. I usually put together a team, raise money, and uh, build a company around it. And uh, was very successful. Very lucky to be in the right place at the right time, which translated into success. So sometimes, uh, you know, being in the right place is more important than uh, knowing this or that. Gotcha. And uh, given your background with dealing with protocols, I've actually been to many conferences where you were the keynote speaker, and you talk about how a lot of the focus is at the protocol level and not enough, like at the application level. So, like, given your background with VoIP, you know, how do you see, like, what can you take from in terms of the learnings from that experience to what we're seeing today in the crypto space with the rise of thousands of protocols? Well, the computing world uh, had uh, several waves of innovations, including mainframes in the 60s and mini computers in the 70s and PCs in the 80s and so on. And each one of these waves, and obviously the personal phone and, and the in the last decade, right? Um, and all of these waves, basically, it's kind of watching the same movie again and again. And even though the hardware guy thinks it's all about hardware and the software guys think it's all about software, right. um, many times it's, a, it's that symbiotic relationship between the application, the killer apps, and the hardware and the software that, that creates the industry, right? You need to... This, the apps usually demand more computing power, demand more memory, demand more network speeds and so on, which drives the network. And then as the network expands, it allows the app to scale even further. So we're kind of seeing that also with, uh, uh, with the blockchain. So you can see like a single service like uh, USDT uh, consuming 80% of the capacity of Ethereum, yeah. right? So one ERC-20 token is consuming 80% of the network. So we saw the same thing on EOS, right? Where when one token on EOS basically almost brought down the entire network, right? So, right. so, so we, these are all indications that we're still in the early days. And uh, you're right. I mean, my, my view is that without a killer app, 
all this infrastructure build out is irrelevant, right? I mean, yep. if the users, if the dogs are not going to eat the dog food, <laughs> uh, why, why are we building a sausage factory? Right. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. And I totally agree with you. It, actually, after your talks, I think you gave one at the Blockchain World Conference. I thought about the space differently because I think oftentimes we say, oh, there's this new you know, blockchain protocol. It could be 1,000 transactions per second or they're building to that. Well, why is that important? Well, if it can get my food to my grocery store 50% faster, okay, now that's interesting. And the underlying technology happens to be blockchain. It's focusing on the business value. And I think, yes, there may be a protocol that might be win out, that might win out, but it's really where is the value coming from because you're just utilizing technology to unlock new things. So I think that's a great kind of way to look at that. And to kind of piggyback off that, um, I've been in the space since um, 2017, and uh, I've seen a lot of carnage. I've seen garbage projects. I've seen scam projects. I've I've seen the worst in people, also the best in people because I really like the community. But for new entrepreneurs, especially coming with somebody with your background coming into the space, I, I feel really gives it legitimacy. But from your perspective, for new entrepreneurs, whether they're high schoolers, college students, older people, what advice or what areas do you think they should focus on um, in the blockchain and crypto space that may have, you know, a big gap? Yeah, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times, right? <laughs> uh, um, so look, the promise, we went through that hype curve, the first jump, right? And now we're kind of going, hopefully, into mass adoption. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, most, most projects, most uh, companies are going to wither away because they're either uh, too early or they're too late or they don't deliver enough utility uh, for their community. And, uh, you know, I, I always joke that uh, we need more utility and less volatility, right? Mm -hmm. so, so right now we're just getting too much volatility and, and it's just not helping us with um, scaling this community because... Bottom line is, even if you have a great uh, app or DAP, what the count is measured in people and usage, not in uh, a killer DAP, right? So today the community, the crypto community is just too small. Hmm. And uh, the opportunity is for us to create projects that bring the rest of the community. So my view is that the killer DAP is going to come from the financial uh, side of it, meaning solving or creating or delivering financial services in a much better way, replacing toll collectors like right. banks and financial institutions with uh, services that are acting in your best interest. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, there's 3,000 projects out there, uh, everything from healthcare to, you know, uh, uh, you know, to, to anything else. And, and those are the things that uh, we don't know yet what's going to win out, right? So we need to, uh, each one of us, by buying those tokens, by investing in these companies, is choosing the winners and the losers. Right. And uh, again, I, I'm obviously all in uh, behind Celsius Network. We have 56,000 users wow. who gave us almost $500 million. Wow. So, so that's, uh, you know, we, we're there. We're, we're scaling uh, right now. Yep. And, and you touched on some of this, but do you think there's one or maybe multiple different catalysts to get us to mainstream adoption? I mean, it seems like every time the Bitcoin price goes up, people are interested again, but that's not sustainable. And that's like the same investors coming back again. 
what do you think is going to bring like, or what movement or what thing could happen to make, you know, the mass adoption come in and it's not just early adopters or people just experimenting with the technology. Yeah, we had four waves of adoption. I call it the four man relay race, you know? So uh, the first guys to grab the baton from Satoshi were the anarchists, right? They kind of looked at the Bitcoin and thought that this will solve all their problems. There weren't enough of them, maybe a million. They had to hand off the baton to the second group, which was the um, libertarians, maybe three or four million libertarians joined. And they had to hand off the baton too, because it's just not enough people, right? Right. And the third group was the first time we got like the mini mass adoption. That was the speculators. We got 20 million speculators kind of between uh, 16 and 18. Hmm. And uh, we thought that uh, we're going to hand off the baton to the institutions. That was supposed to be the fourth uh, man in, uh, in the relay race, right? They, they were supposed to finish the race and take Bitcoin to 100,000, right? Hmm. But uh, they dropped the baton. They're like, uh, it's too hot. I'm not taking, I'm not taking Bitcoin from you $20,000. <laughs> so we crashed uh, almost 90%. And for me, like, look, I've been saying that since 2015, that the only people that are going to get us to the finish line are more people like us, meaning mm-hmm. it's the average Joe who believes in store of value, who wants uh, something different than the US dollar, like just some diversification, it does not necessarily believe that gold is the right solution. So mass adoption here is currently just too difficult. There's too much friction in teaching people what is blockchain, what is Bitcoin. Right. And we think, uh, at Celsius, we think that stable coins are actually a great way. It's like a bridge to crypto. It's something that most people are comfortable with. There's much less risk, much less volatility. And uh, Celsius pays 8% on stable coins. So uh, it's a great product. Earning income, earning interest on your dollars as a first way to get into the crypto world and use the blockchain is a no-brainer. So that's what we're focused on. And then when people are already in our wallet and they have a few stable coins, then they can buy Bitcoin or Ethereum or other things. So this way they can diversify their portfolio to include other crypto assets. Hmm. Yep. And that's a real great point. Um, And then uh, further on that, in terms of other countries like China is now very vocal. President Xi has made a statement that, you know, they're, they love blockchain technology. They feel like it's going to be part of the future. You know, it's so funny because a few months ago they were going to ban Bitcoin mining and all that. So you see them going up and down. seems like it's here to stay. I'm personally very disappointed with the U.S. and, you know, what we're doing in terms of regulations or jumping on board. Maybe it's just we're trying to do this the right way and it's going to take us a little bit more time. But how do you see the geographic landscape playing out? Do you see leaders, different countries that are leaders? Do you think the U.S. is doing enough in this space? So, look, first, there's three groups. There is um, basically the traditional central banks. Again, the the Fed, Bank of China, um, the ECB, and they're looking at this and saying, gosh, we're not going to just cede our uh, fiat currencies to to Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything else. We're going to create our own version of that, right? So, and you can understand that, right? I mean, it's going to be a digital currency. It's not going to be an open public blockchain. It's not Bitcoin, but it's going to be a digital currency. 
Then you have a second group, which is the corporate guys, right? So you're looking at Libra, you're looking at Walmart, you're looking at JP Morgan, they're all issuing their own crypto, crypto assets, running on basically copies of Ethereum, right? So Corum, which is the JP Morgan uh, version, is a copy of Ethereum with a few modifications. And then there's a third group, which is a traditional cryptocurrency. So those three are kind of competing with each other for dominance. And, and right. we don't yet know who's going to be the winners. Obviously, you know who, I think I know who you're betting for, and you know who <laughs> I'm betting for. So, but we will win with a decentralized solution, with Bitcoin and so on, only if we get to mass adoption. If the Chinese or Libra gets to mass adoption before us, then uh, you can forget about uh, anything uh, that has to do with decentralization or shifting the power back to the people or, or anything like that. So, so I think the, the opportunity is there. And, and uh, you know, I understand why China doesn't like uh, the miners, for example, right? Because basically uh, the way China looks at it is that these guys are buying electricity in local currency. They employ people in local currency. They buy equipment in local currency. And then they mint Bitcoin. And they take it out and they can sell it in dollars or yen or euros. So basically they're exporting or, or extracting foreign currency out of the country, uh, which is obviously not something the Chinese are supporting or want to do. So hmm. Mr. Xi... Uh, focused on the blockchain. Yes, he mentioned Bitcoin a few times, but what he's excited about is not the Bitcoin or Ethereum. He's mm -hmm. excited about the blockchain becoming the digital currency that drives the road and belt initiatives, which is their way of kind of taking over, becoming the dominant uh, superpower in the world and replacing the dollar with the yuan. So obviously we don't want any of that to happen. And uh, we need to, I think finally, the, both the regulators and uh, some of the largest companies in the United States have realized that they have to do something about this. Hmm. And you touched on Libra briefly. Do you think that Zuckerberg got into this out of fear? He's gonna, you know, he needs to be up with the trends or do you think he's actually doing this as a strategy? What's your overall thought of, I guess, Libra in the industry? Well, the, the people that brought you uh, fake friends and fake news and uh, <laughs> fake election are now bringing you a fake blockchain, right? So uh, Zuckerberg is not doing this because he wants to make the world a better place or because he's trying to help you or me, right? He already has uh, all the information about 2.6 billion people around the planet. Mm. The only information is missing is the financial information because it's not included in our social network. So if he can just take over uh, that additional information, then he can become uh, one of the most dominant forces on the planet, right? So uh, it's up to us to decide if we give him that information or not. We're all addicted to the Instagram and the Facebook services for no reason, right? It's just a complete colossal waste of time. Humanity wasting a quarter of its existence on, on, on this again, just uh, keeping up to date with the Joneses, you know? Right. So I think, you know, there's no, there's no value being created for the user. There's no, uh, you know, I don't see anything that's beneficial uh, uh, to society that's coming out of this. So I think we should not allow uh, Facebook to become a dominant part of this, uh, of this architecture. Right, yeah. 
No, I agree with that. It's it's really the whole thing all over again. You know, it's very centralized, uh, not a lot of value, and um, I think it's really taken us to where we need to to be. I am a user of Celsius. I was not paid to say that. <laughs> um, I love the platform. I think it's really simple. For those that don't know who Celsius is, maybe not in crypto community, why should someone use Celsius, Alex? Well, so the main reason, uh, obviously there's a selfish reason, which is, uh, okay, I want to earn some interest mm-hmm. or, I want, or I want a cheap loan. But the main reason is that when you use your credit card or you use your bank to make a deposit, you're empowering those institutions. And by empowering those institutions, you're making sure that all of us cannot earn any money on our money. Because the reason the banks are so powerful and so dominant in our lives is because there are very few of them and there's no alternative. You have to uh, deposit all your money with banks and that's why they can get away with paying us nothing. Right. So what Celsius tried to do is create an alternative uh, financial system in which the platform, in this case Celsius Network, is acting in your best interest. And, and uh, you know, that's why we can pay 5 to 8% versus the bank paying you 1%. It's not because we are so much better. It's because the bank is stealing so much from you, right? But when they pay you, you have to think about it, right? When, when, when you use... When you make that deposit and the bank turns around and lends me your money, your money, right? They just take your money and lend it to me. When I use my credit card, I don't use Chase Manhattan money. I use your money. Right. And, and I get to pay 24.7%. That's the average rate in the United States. And you get to maybe earn 1% if you really did a hard job of moving mm-hmm. it to a savings account and whatever. Right? So why are you getting only, uh, you know, like 5% of what I'm paying? You should be getting most of it. So Celsius pays you, the depositor, 80% of what we charge the borrower. But the bank gives you 5% of what they charge the borrower. So that is all that's happening, right? So we created an institution that is acting on behalf of depositors, while uh, most of the people on the planet insisting on giving their money for free to banks, uh, basically without expecting much back. And that's really what we're trying to change. Yeah, and you're, you're addressing the banking problem head on. And I'm sure there's, are there tax benefits as well to maybe not taking your money out of crypto and taking a loan out on it instead? Yeah, so, so there's big tax benefits. So the richest people in the world are rich because of two things. One is uh, their money works for them and we just explained how they do that. Mm-hmm. And the second part is that they defer their taxes, right? So like Donald Trump is a perfect example, right? He mm-hmm. owns a lot of real estate. He doesn't sell the real estate. He borrows against it and he gets to sometimes even take it as a tax deduction. Mm-hmm. So the same tricks are available to all of us, right? You can use the same tricks. For example, instead of selling your Bitcoin and paying taxes on this thing, increase in value, let's say you bought it at a thousand, it's now at 8,000, half of that money is gonna go to the government. Mm -hmm. But if you borrow from Celsius against your Bitcoin, and and again, we charge as low as three and a half percent per year, Mm -hmm. right? So the interest is so low, but you get to defer your taxes further down the line or indefinitely, and that is a huge benefit uh, of how the rich people stay or become rich. All right. Those are some, some good nuggets. I hope to be at your stage soon, Alex. <laughs> uh, Look, th- these are all things that we, we through Celsius deliver to everybody on the planet. 
It doesn't matter if you have $10 or $10 million, you get the same benefit and it's built into the system. So traditionally these things were available only if you had a private banker or if you had a really, really uh, sophisticated accountant mm -hmm. or a whole army of them. And what we're saying is no, you know, all of that is available to the average Joe. You just need to know how to take advantage of it. Right. So this question's um, a little unrelated to crypto. I'm just as a qu question for you as a technologist. Um, are there other industries or emerging technologies that you're interested in, you know, outside of this space? Are you, are you tracking anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm all things tech. So it's not like I'm just, uh, right. so I am uh, really excited about uh, quantum entanglement. I'm looking mm -hmm. into artificial intelligence. I'm, mm -hmm. And, you know, basically, I'm always on top of uh, all things, uh, you know, like tech. I mean, obviously, you can't do everything at the same time. So I chose to focus on the blockchain and crypto because I feel that this could have the most impact. Again, if you look at Voice of IP and what I did over there, right. MoIP or Money Over IP is, is very similar to that thing. So I, I feel that I can deliver that better than most people. And again, get through mass adoption, right? Our goal in Celsius is to bring 100 million people into crypto. And, and I think that through this example of this interest income, cheap loans, tax deferrals, these are simple things that everybody on the planet needs, right? So, so while I'm excited about other technologies uh, that are out there, uh, you know, I'm choosing to focus on, uh, on crypto and blockchain. Right. And so as we're wrapping up, are there any other topics or updates that are going on at Celsius um, that you want to make the audience aware of, Alex? Sure. So, so we're always updating the app. We just launched a version 4.0 that has a lot, awesome. of, a lot of new features and capabilities. And like, for example, you can choose uh, to earn interest on only, like we have 25 coins now, 11 of them are stable coins. Hmm. So you can choose uh, three different asset classes. We have uh, stable coins, we have the traditional crypto assets like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and so on, and we have staking assets. So we have Ethereum, EOS, we have Dash, we have, we're adding Algorand and a few others. And these are, so you can basically uh, create a portfolio. We don't sell them. We don't recommend one versus the other. That's up to you. You have to do your homework. But we show you what each asset yields, and you can earn that either in, uh, uh, basically, either in kind so you get more bitcoin on your bitcoin or you can earn sell tokens uh as with the highest higher rate so mm. if you have enough sell token which is our token you can earn up to 30 percent more than in kind and uh, a lot of other things that we're adding we, we version 4.1 which is coming up next month is going to enable people in new york uh, to both uh, deposit and take loans and including Washington State and a few others that we're adding. Hmm. And uh, we're expanding the offering inside the app. So soon you'll be able to do, uh, buy certain assets, mostly stable coins, through the app. Uh, so you can basically, instead of going to Circle to buy USDC, you'll be able to buy USDC from us, uh, which is the same coin. It's just uh, issued by us versus to them. Hmm. So all kinds of things like that that basically reduce the friction and how easy or hard it is for people to move their assets into crypto assets. And, and really, like I said before, I think, um, you know, 
like the, you know, the call to action for your viewers is really that uh, things we're struggling with, the community is struggling with. For example, we don't have enough women in this business, right? Yes, we have like 100%. 93% men in Celsius. It's just horrible. So hmm. we need to bring more women because we want to make sure we also get feedback, the right feedback, so we build the right products. And, and uh, we need to, so everybody on this who watches this, should uh, the, the call to action is for them to basically go out there and, and educate people, convince them that they should test it out, show them how to, for example, onboard them to buy their first stable coin. Right. You know, that's like the, the, the getting them across the bridge, right? That's mm -hmm. a safety bridge. And then you can talk to them about Bitcoin. But, but I think when people, especially industry uh, OGs are like, oh, no, only Bitcoin, everything else doesn't matter. <laughs> no, you know, most people in the world don't want to hold their keys and they don't understand what Bitcoin is. So you've got to yeah. give them something real simple, like the Celsius app where you don't need to know anything about keys. You can also use another service we have called CellPay, which allows you, like Venmo, to send coins to anybody. So instead mm. of having to know everybody's wallet address and so on, you can use CellPay right from your wallet to send anyone who you have their SMS or WhatsApp or wow. any kind of uh, whatever. You can you should test it out. It's yeah, no, I, I didn't know that feature. I mean, that's like when I think about mass adoption type things to make it easy, that's exactly what I think about. Yes. Or through the app, it's just like I'm used to using this app. I just want to send it to my friend. I don't care what the letters and numbers are. You know, I just want to send yeah. money to you. You know. Yes, yeah, so that's available, uh, and you should definitely you, your viewers just test it out. Show the love. Send some people a few dollars. You'll see yep. uh, instant effect. People go, "Wow, it's so easy!" Hmm. And I don't have to go to the bank. I don't have to know anything. Yes, let's bypass the bank. Banks <laughs> are not your friends. You know, I always say that. Awesome. That's going to be the intro to the podcast. Thanks and night, friends. Uh, awesome. Alex, thank you so much. I know you're an extremely busy guy and I really appreciate you jumping on the podcast and enlightening everybody with your knowledge of the industry and doing this over and over in terms of our repeated successes and exits. So thank you so much. Thanks for having us. And uh, again, let's, let's bring a hundred million people into crypto. Awesome. Thank you.